0: Welcome to to Peer-to-Peer, the podcast, brought to you by Rayna. This episode of Peer-to-Peer, the podcast, is one of four limited edition episodes dedicated to Omidria, which will be of particular interest to our listeners in the United States. Tune in as top surgeons have great conversations with their peers about the impact of using Omidria on patient outcomes and their experiences introducing it to their clinics.
1: Welcome to this edition of the Peer-to-Peer podcast and our second focusing on Omidria, Today, we are going to listen in on a conversation between Dr. Kathleen McCabe and one of my partners, Dr. Netta Shami, on their experience with Omidria. Let's jump in.
2: Hi, I'm Kathy McCabe, and I practice cataract and refractive surgery on the west coast of Florida. And I've been using Omidria for a very long time, and I cannot tell you how much it has benefited my patients and how it has made cataract surgery more predictable for me. I'm super excited to be here today with my very good friend, amazing surgeon, and just wonderful all-around person.
3: Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm so excited to be here with you. My name is Neto Shami. I'm a cataract refractive and corneal surgeon, as Kathy mentioned, from Los Angeles, California at the Maloney-Shami Vision Institute, and I've been using Omidria since it became available to us. Initially, I have to say I was apprehensive about its uh, potential and its benefits, but Uh, As I got past my apprehension and really embraced it, I have seen incredible results, and we'll talk about them together, you and I, as far as the benefits we've seen and why we think that everyone should consider trying it.
2: Yes, and I think that that's one of the things I totally agree with you. At first, I thought, you know, cataract surgery is pretty predictable for me. Certainly, we have cases where pupils are smaller and there's less stability of the iris. but. You know, we we're all pretty accomplished yeah. cataract surgeons. Why would we need this? And maybe just in special
3: cases. But I used to experience... joke and say, you know, bring it on. I used to say, you know, cataract surgery, as you said, has become, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pretty basic for us. We do so much, all of us, we do so much cataract mm-hmm. surgery. With So what if there's a little bit of a um, pupil shrinking during the surgery? bring yeah. it on you know challenge me get you know keep mm. me on my toes but it's, as we all know it's far more than a little extra challenge while doing surgery so there's a couple of things right there's the challenge to us as surgeons mm-hmm.
2: how it sort of wears on you and you don't even realize it as the day goes on you yeah. have that stress level you know maybe your shoulders are getting a little tighter sooner in the day and then there's the risk to the patient so we know from studies right that mm-hmm. if the pupil is smaller then there are greater risk of all kinds of potential traumas to the iris. Mm-hmm. Inflammation in the eye as the iris is maybe impacted by instruments in the eye.
3: and Chafing, chafing of the iris at the incision site right. and uh, discomfort for the patient at the time. Surgery increased inflammation, as you said, with the bellowing of the iris. Right. Um, Prolapse of the iris. Yeah. So and
2: you think about those things, at least I do. And I think, oh, you know what, in those cases, we have tools that we can use. So some of those tools are hooks and rings and maybe uh, more dense, cohesive, viscoelastic things that we've used to adapt to those problems. And maybe I don't need anything else than that. And then what was the aha moment for you, like using Omidria?
3: The aha moment is when I started noticing less and necessity for these extra tools that in, in, in themselves, they traumatize the eye, mm-hmm. right? Putting right. in hooks for the iris or uh, rings for the iris. And, and, and as you said, um, taking these extra steps to, to help minimize the trauma to the eye. Well, if you preemptively prevent pupil constriction um, and, and floppiness of the iris, The aha moment was wait a minute several weeks have gone by and i've only had to use the hooks maybe once whereas before on it every time i was in surgery with my large volume of uh, cases like yourself at least one patient needed some intervention and i found that that was my aha moment
2: yeah or you were stressed in a in a case that you didn't need to be stressed in and i think for me too as i became more comfortable using it in special cases there would be that occasional patient where I'd be, well, I think the pupil looks like it's well dilated. I think this is gonna be a routine case. And then halfway through the case, the pupil comes down. And I'm thinking, oh, if only I had thought that this was a case that needed it, maybe it would have gone in a more routine fashion. And instead, you know, with hindsight or during the middle of the surgery, I'm wishing I had made a different choice. And so I started using it on more and more routine patients. And then I realized, you know, my day went smoother, there were less moments of stress, less tension in my neck and my back at the end of the day, and that was really helpful. So, and you know, in the journey with Omidria, it wasn't always as accessible in every step of the way, right? So how did that change how you thought about it, too? Did that give you some insight into what it was like not having it again?
3: I think initially, as I said, during the same time that I was apprehensive about the clinical applications of it and is it really necessary, there was also concern around cost and how are we going to implement this into our practice. But thanks to support uh, from the company and uh, we have an incredible rep who has been really responsive to our needs and, and you know it's covered by many of the insurances. And when it's not, there's ways to work with the company to offer it to
1: our patients. I completely agree with Dr. McCabe and Dr. Shami. In my experience, once I started to utilize Omidria, my rate of having to utilize Iris expansion devices dropped to nearly zero And the incidence of iris prolapse as well. Additionally, as we all know, putting in an iris expansion device isn't necessarily atraumatic, and sometimes the resultant iris defect can lead to postoperative issues with glare and light sensitivity. So if we can utilize Omidra to avoid having to put in an extra device during surgery, avoid causing iris trauma, even if it doesn't happen every single time, I think that's a really worthwhile benefit. Let's continue listening.
3: I think going back to what you were saying with, you know, the pupil size and not needing extra tools and such, yes, that was definitely, that's kind of in-your-face, obvious uh, benefit. But then when I saw the other second secondary aha moment for me was when I started seeing studies showing benefits beyond what met the eye, no pun right. intended, or... Pun intended in that regard. You know, lower rates of CME, 65% mm-hmm. lower rate. Our friend Denise Visco published this report mm-hmm. 65% rate, a lower rate of CME, and in patients even without. Um retinal membrane, 65% lower rate of rebound iritis or um, uh, postoperative inflammation. Um, so all of this, and also so pain, less pain, right? Less pain, yeah. For so patients. less inflammation equals less pain, and then patients are
2: having a better experience, which we know how important that postoperative experience now is, especially for our premium patients, where gosh, we really want to give them, you know, five star. Uh, experience in the post-operative period, too. That's really where they're
3: judging. And there was you know, also a paper on opioid uh, use, or, or fentanyl, rather, right. um, mm-hmm. during surgery, and that there was a far lower um, rate of need for fentanyl. Uh, so patients, it was actually a really fantastic study, uh, paired eye looking at uh, those who had omidria and those who didn't, um, not those, but the eye that they did or did yeah. not, and looked at how much fentanyl was was needed and it was quite impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. The comfort during surgery was so much better. And then post-operative, um, uh, inflammation and with it, comfort. Mm-hmm. So you're yes, right. We don't think about our
2: patients having discomfort in the post-operative period, mm-hmm. but studies like that really help us to understand that, yeah, that matters too. And it's, it's all part of that patient experience, which is so important, especially as we start having to report those things. Um, in order to, to justify reimbursement and things like that. So,
3: so less pain for the surgeon, Yeah, <laughs> less exactly. emotional pain for the surgeon, and less physical pain for
2: the patient. Yep. So happy surgeon, happy patient, really a much better situation, and really better results. Both you and I uh, are experienced at this point in our career as surgeons and see the benefit, but I think it's even more important the earlier you are in your career to try to take away some of those factors that are really affecting how you're able to perform your surgery. You know, I have younger colleagues and Mm -hmm. they definitely see that anything we can do that sort of takes a little bit of that stress away is a benefit
3: to them and therefore a benefit to their patients as well. Without a doubt. And again, thinking of sequela of our surgical Mm. results, it's not just about doing a great surgery and picking the right lens. It's about making sure that you control the environment in which the, that eye will be in as it heals and mm. as, so that your results can be optimized. Right, exactly. So, you know, certainly there are some patients
2: that I really feel like this is critically important for them. So if they start out with a meiotic pupil,
3: definitely somebody who's floppy iris or mm-hmm. at risk for that diabetic patients, those who are Absolutely. more prone to inflammation, CME. So when you think about the benefits of omidria and mm-hmm. consider those who are at risk of having some of these problems that we're hoping to abate with it, then. You know, another I, population I see so much of though, now
2: that we do uh, macular OCTs on all patients, it's amazing how many patients have even early epiretinal membranes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll surprise you, you know, the, the more advanced epiretinal membrane, for sure, we already know they're at higher risk. Yep but even early ones are at higher risk of CME. And anything I can do to sort of mitigate that risk, I think is a benefit to the patient. So those are like the no brainers yeah. for me, but I there are, are, you know, we don't know sometimes as, I, as we were talking about before, sometimes in the middle of the surgery, all of a sudden the pu- pupil's coming down and you're like, oh, if only I had known this ahead of time.
3: Yeah. So, and pain is a concern for everyone. So right. it's, uh, I agree with you that there's the at-risk patients for the sequela that mm-hmm. this can help prevent. But then pain is of concern to every patient.
2: It sounds like you do what I do, yes. which is I use it on every patient. Because I do. I try I to, to do everything.
3: <laughs> so but but yes, I think we definitely. agree
2: completely on this, that, you know, really, if I can do something that I think is an incremental improvement, why would I not do that? Why would I not give myself the benefit of that predictability during surgery, and the patient, that benefit of decreased risk and a better
3: post-operative experience. Yeah, without a doubt. So I universally yeah. use it for my patients. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks for Rainer and and again, the support that we get. Uh, there's coverage and patient, every patient deserves to have the benefits of this.
1: Thank you to Drs. McCabe and Shammy for sharing their great insight on the use of Amidria in their respective practices. There are three aspects to the patient experience before surgery, during surgery, and after surgery. And as we heard in this episode, omidria can really help with reducing moments of stress intraoperatively by maintaining pupil dilation, requiring less usage of pupil expansion devices, and by minimizing issues with iris prolapse. We know that small pupil size is a risk factor for complications during cataract surgery, and use of omidria is one way to minimize this risk. On the previous episode, we discussed observations of postoperative outcomes with the use of omidria, So please give that a listen if you haven't already done so. In our next episode, we're going to do a deep dive into Omidria clinical outcomes. Thank you for joining us on the Peer-to-Peer podcast.
0: For more information about this episode's topic and to read the show notes, visit the Peer-to-Peer hub at rayner.com forward slash peer-to-peer dash Omidria. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation, please subscribe to our channel to be notified of new episodes. This podcast is provided for general information purposes only. The presenters' views are their own. Rainer does not endorse off-label use. Users must refer to the product labelling and instructions for use for Rainer products in all cases. Not all Rainer products are available in all countries. The full disclaimer can be found in the show notes. Omidria podcasts are for the attention of USA HCPs only. Omidria is distributed by Rainer Surgical Inc. Important safety information, Omidria must be added to irrigating solution prior to use and is contraindicated in patients with known hypersensitivity to any of its ingredients. Systemic exposure of phenylephrine may cause elevations in blood pressure. The most commonly reported ocular adverse reactions at greater than 2% are eye irritation, posterior capsulopacification, increased intraocular pressure and anterior chamber inflammation. Please see the full prescribing information for Omidria at omidriahcp.com forward slash documents forward slash eight forward slash omidria dash prescribing dash information dot pdf.